Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies. And today we're talking about the season one finale, Mercy. I'm your host, Letha. And I'm your other host, Nina. And welcome to our last episode of this season. This is actually our second time recording this episode um, because of some technical difficulties that happened the first time It's our time second around. pancake. It's going to be bigger and better and more epic. It's true. I think our analysis is going to be even more nuanced than that recording that you all will never hear. Um, to start off with the IMDb synopsis, it is the day of the 2018 All-Valley Karate Tournament, and Cobra Kai is determined to win. Robbie signs up, unaffiliated. A familiar face from the past returns. What do you think of that synopsis, Nia? You know, I think, uh, first of all, one of the, when we were kind of discussing what questions to explore in this episode... Lotha said, why is Rob even in this tournament? And that's how I kind of feel about the synopsis, where, like, as I'm reading it or as I'm hearing you read it, I'm like, why is Rob even in the synopsis? And he's actually, like, he has a fully fleshed out storyline throughout this season and, and this episode. And still, every time he shows up, I'm like, but why? What why is Robbie here? here? Why all, is he here? It's always a surprise when he's on on screen. Um, it's just like, oh, he's just showing up at the LaRusso's yeah. house. Oh, he's just showing up at the tournament. Why? Like, I don't know why he has. Uh, he ha- that's yeah. I, I don't. Know. I, I'm just yeah. I mean, honestly, it's... he has no sense of presence. Maybe it always feels like he's an afterthought. Oh, I mean, or an yes. outsider maybe, but like not an outsider you'd remember. It's kind of, it's just interesting to me because it's like, okay, so Robbie's arc has basically been finding balance and not being the no good Nick he started out as, ditching his 40-year-old hoodlum pals now to hang out with Now he's doing more like wholesome pranks, like faking a limp. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. You know, he's, he's getting better. Um, I don't think there was ever a part of him, at least I didn't know until this exact moment, that was like, I'd really like to win a karate tournament. But okay, you know, apparently that's a thing for him. You're saying no part of you was rooting for Robbie to win this tournament. No. I mean, just... In some ways, it seems inevitable that he would enter, right? Like, as soon as we heard about the All-Valley tournament and we knew it was happening in the season finale... As soon as he starts learning karate, you know he's going to enter and face off Miguel, because that is how stories work. But it's also just kind of like... I want to see the more, like, (laughs) the less dramatic version of the show where, like, no one actually enters the tournament. I would... Actually, I I would love to see a version of the show where none of the principal characters we followed makes it past the first round. It's like, (laughs) oh, wait... You all haven't been shaking karate that long. You can't like, yeah, be Yeah, when you realize this. nobody's actually good at karate and <laughs> they get weeded out early on. Xander yeah. wins and Xander Stone being home. the returning champion. Yes. Is, I was a fan of, actually. He's, yeah. He does a lot of flipping in his karate, which I think is to his detriment. He has a karate mom that is super aggressive. Um, I was trying, I was paying closer attention to what she was yelling out the second time that we watched it, third time. And at one point she yells during Xander's match, use your arm. <laughs> and it's like, okay. I, I Thanks, mom. Love the encouragement that people shout. Yeah, it's like. Okay, nobody knows that much about karate and can't yell out specific actionable advice. I love it because, as uh, the synopsis says, Robbie enters this tournament unaffiliated. But, you know... Is that the saddest sentence of all time? Why don't you just call him independent? Why do you call him unaffiliated? That sounds so 
sad, like you're an unincorporated town. But, you know, halfway through, Daniel, who's um, who's reluctantly attending the tournament because he, hey, LaRusso Auto Group is a sponsor, eventually, like, he starts That's not even why he's entering. I think, like, Amanda's the one who reminds him, hey, by the way, this is how our business works. Right, and, like, well, to be fair, at the beginning, he and Samantha are both moping because of the fallout of the last episode. As Amanda correctly points out, you know, Samantha's boyfriend turned out to be a jerk, and Daniel's boyfriend turned out to be the son of his mortal enemy. But, you know, when Daniel gets there, he kind of lets go his his anger at Robbie and starts cheering for him. And at one point starts uh, shouting sensei advice, such as, remember what you learned, Robbie. (laughs) What? How is that helpful? Oh, my God. Focus, Robbie. Okay. Well, thanks, Mr. LaRusso. I I guess I'll win this now. Um, Yeah, so karate coaching, not the greatest. Although, I will say... uh, when we open with Cobra Kai and the Cobra Kai kids are like wondering if Sensei Lawrence is actually going to show up because uh, the little kid Bert caught him pissing on his own car the night before and like drunkenly yelling stuff. I just have to say Johnny stuff. has all of his breakdowns in that mini mart complex. It like, does. it's got some bad, bad vibes. Bad there. there. Yeah. No. Yeah. And he's like, uh, what is he yelling? He's, he's some pretty. He's reeling stuff. from the Robbie revelation and he's discovered Nietzsche and he's peeing on his own car yelling, we're all, we're all gonna, gonna die. die. Yeah. So uh, Bert solemnly relates this to, to the other Cobra Kais and like now they're like, well shit, well maybe he's like driven off a cliff. And I like that Aisha says, Sensei would never kill himself. It's too pussy a move. Like I feel yeah. like that just sort of sums Johnny that up all in tracks. a nutshell. Um, um, but he does show up and he does give his students, I think, a very compelling speech. We've all learned to strike first. To be aggressive, not be losers. Taught you to strike hard. Put every ounce of your power behind everything you do. But I haven't taught you the third rule of Cobra Kai. No mercy. The older you get, the more you're gonna learn that life isn't fair. You wake up one morning feeling great, and then life throws a spinning heel kick to your balls. It takes a big steaming shit in your mouth. You get an F on a test, you get suspended, you fall in love with the girl, some other dude comes and steals her away. Car gets set on fire. Just when you think things are going good, everything falls apart. That's how it goes. Life shows no mercy, so neither do we. We do whatever it takes to keep our heads above water. We do whatever it takes to keep moving forward. We do whatever it takes to win. Remember who you are. You're badass. You don't give a shit. Kick ass. You're Cobra Kai. What is your favorite part of that speech? Well, as I was saying to you the first time we recorded this, I think what's interesting about the speech is that you can read No Mercy two ways. You know, you can read it as like, rah, kill your enemies before they kill you. But the way that Johnny seems to be putting it is that, like, life shows no mercy and that, like, shit is always going to happen to you. Life will take a shit in your mouth. Life will take a shit in your mouth. And it's not always connected to a specific person. It's just that life keeps shitting in your mouth over and over again. And I thought there was, like, something kind of compelling about what he said about, like, we're just trying to keep our heads above water. That's all we're trying to do. Like, you can think of no mercy as just, like, you know, crush your enemies. But you can also think of it as, like, we all got to do what we got to do just to stay alive, you know? And yeah. I actually think 
that that's sort of the view of No Mercy that, that Johnny has come to. His students are kind of still thinking about No Mercy as in, like, don't show the enemy mercy. Yeah. But I think Johnny's sort of holistic view of life being merciless is, is what it really yeah, is. Yeah, and Johnny's kind of reinterpretation of Cobra Kai wisdom comes from, like, 30 years of life taking a shit in his mouth. Whereas you can see why his deeper lessons are lost on the teens, because... I don't know. They haven't gone through very much. Uh, Miguel is apparently like super aggressive uh, and, and has turned to the dark side wholly because of his breakup with Sam um, and is only taking the most literal interpretation of No Mercy. What did you think about Miguel on the dark side? Um, I think it's alarming. I I feel like... I don't know if they did something different with his makeup, but I feel like he even had some shadows under his eyes. Uh, yeah, I, I was alarmed. It was alarming, and I also thought it was, like, a bit too much, you know, that he's all, like, ah, like, instantly. And, you know, in the previous episode, when you see him, like, act act out in an alarming way, like, he's drunk, he's, like, clearly, like, suffered, like, a bit of a nervous breakdown over, over his girlfriend not texting him back. I'm not saying it's excused, I'm just saying that, like, he's in a place. But, like, now he's just, like... Um, you know, watch what I do to Robbie, you yeah. know, and like, even his apology to Sam is like, changed with like, well, what was I supposed to do when you bring, you brought another guy to the party? And honestly, like, I just didn't buy it. I thought it was out of character. Like, he hasn't quite, like, he hasn't like, earned enough, he's not, it, like, the Breaking Bad moment only works if like, they built that up for a while, and it's like, basically he went from a sweet kid to like, this douchebag in like, half an episode, and it's just, the kid's a good actor. I just don't buy it. Well, the thing is, I don't know if we've talked about this already, but the idea of Cobra Kai as a cult, I think Daniel mentions, or that's how he views Cobra Kai. Um, and if you think of a cult as like being a place that uh, preys on bullied, scared youth looking for kind of an emotional home, that's kind of what Cobra Kai has been to these teens. And so it's easy to kind of like activate them. And like, if they're defending Cobra Kai's honor... Like, that's what mm -hmm. they see the All-Valley Tournament as. Um, Do you think of it of Cobra Kai as a cult? Are you on Team Daniel here th this way? I think in this episode, I think you can make the... Like, the, the behavior of everyone in this tournament. Um, like, all the Cobra Kai teens were, like, ramped up. And only Johnny was sort of, like... You didn't actually f get the feeling, like, he, he wanted them to win, obviously. But he wasn't, like gunning for it he wasn't like hawk or right. or miguel see i guess that's what bothered me about this episode like the first time i saw it um i think that the show has been really good about like well shades of gray as uh, as dana one of our correspondents mentioned it's like a great thing about the show and that you kind of see the flaws in johnny and daniel and in like cobra kai but also you can see that cobra kai for a specific type of kid can be helpful like this idea of just like don't be afraid to get hit in the face. Don't be afraid to get hurt. And not necessarily, like, go out and, like, strike your enemies down immediately. But, like, you know, the kind of training that Miguel and the others went through. Like, yeah, it did show them that they could survive stuff and be tough. It has its... Of course it has, like, its drawbacks. Of course it has a scary philosophy that is not always good for, like, a teenage boy to absorb. But I like that the message behind, like, 
is Johnny Lawrence a good sensei? Yeah, sometimes he is. Sometimes he's not, but sometimes he is. Like, I thought, I liked that, that it's not necessarily, like, a yes or no answer there. And I didn't like that this episode almost seemed to be like, actually, no, he's not. And actually, Cobra Kai just makes a kid evil. Because it's like, it bothered me that every single Cobra Kai kid in this episode has just a piss-poor attitude. Like, yeah. all of them. Aisha, like who does great in the tournament at first, but when she loses a match, she's just like, whatever, and like, you know, just so upset about it that she storms off. Hawk, um, who's pretty funny when he wins his first match and like rips off his shirt and does like the weird like flexing of his shoulders to make the Hawk tattoo on his back flap. You know, and like his match against Robbie, like he basically kicks the guy when his back is turned, um, like once a round is over, thus getting disqualified from the tournament. And then when Johnny's like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, what was I supposed to do? Be a pussy? And it's like, it's pretty pussy that you got disqualified before. Yeah. Do you think the all Valley tournament itself is some sort of giant trigger for all the teams? Like they've been hearing for an entire season. This is the most important thing of your life. Yeah. I mean, I was just kind of like, come on, like you can't have, I, I, this is when I got like more mad at the, the show and the writing than like. Cobra Kai, because I'm like, it just seems like a little bit like laying it on with a shovel that every Cobra Kai kid is like an asshole in this episode. Yeah. All of them. Um, except for maybe Bert, who's the only Cobra Kai kid that we don't see win a match. He's, he's too busy buying porn. <laughs> he is. He is buying <laughs> porn at the beginning of the episode when he sees a drunk Johnny. So we learn more about Bert. Yeah. yeah. So much nuance to his character. Right. Um do we want to go back to just the setting of All Valley? Let's do it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love that the opening montage is just, I don't know, um, pretty low stakes, right? Sweeping shots at the concession stand, tickets. It's the 50th anniversary, which makes me wonder, like, and and Johnny and, and sorry, do you think Johnny and Daniel probably attended every single year? Not like, Johnny. Like, from the bleachers? Not Johnny, definitely Okay, it's Daniel. too traumatic for him, but Daniel is like... yeah. And I love that the council of, like, the karate council, like, treats him like a god. They're like, he's here, guys. He's He's the winner. I mean, I've always liked how low stakes the whole thing is to everybody who's not directly involved in this world. Like, we had this discussion, like, how big a deal is karate in the valley? And my guess is it's not a big deal for everybody who... Like, for everyone else, it's just like, oh, man, they rented out the gymnasium from some bullshit. But for the people in this world, this is, like, the biggest day. I saw a clip, actually, that um, it was, like, a f- kind of a fake fun clip that the show creators did um, treating the the All-Valley like a real sporting event. And they had, like, people weighing in, like, what it was like in 1984 when the underdog mm-hmm. um, from Miyagi, like... Yeah, I don't know. They made it sound like this was a seminal event in No karate. way. No way. I say that this I'm going to send you that video. It was very it, convincing, Have actually. you ever seen the movie Dodgeball? I think so, a long time ago. Well, like, the, the joke is that Dodgeball is, like, a sport that's only covered by ESPN8, or the Ocho, as they call it. This is covered by the Ocho. Oh, come on. They fucking cover poker. This has to be a bigger deal than that. There are a lot of ESPNs, Nina. Um, I, and I, I think this is, like, down, <laughs> down the numerical scale. I, I just... I like that because it's just like, um, I think the show is best when it doesn't lose its perspective that like most people think having a childhood karate rival is ridiculous, you know? And I think sometimes in the second season it gets a little bit up its own ass a bit too much and like acts like this really is a life or death battle. But I like when they're just like, no, this is a gymnasium. There's like a guy selling cotton candy. Like it's life and death for these kids, but not really, you know? Yeah. I don't know. 
I like to think of this town as being obsessed with karate and... But the town is Los Angeles. It's not, though. It totally I'm saying is. it's the valley, like Which the is, interior valley. The valley is huge, though. There's people going about their lives who've never then heard of the Then why is everyone so obsessed with karate, then? <laughs> Only the people that on the show are. Like, everyone else is just like... Ugh. Like, Why every, does Sam have that line that everyone we know is going to be there? Sam knows, like, three people. Yeah, know. right? Encino See, Valley. if you want the real um, perspective of the town, sorry, of the valley, it's through Amanda, who would not be going to this thing except she happened to marry a karate fanatic. You know, it's Amanda who's just kind of like, okay, I guess we have to go to this thing, fine. Um, and, yeah, that's, I think, what the real perspective is. But we can dis- we can agree to disagree on this. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the actual fights because there there's actual karate in this episode. There's so much actual a rarity good for karate, the show. and it's 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 wonderful. Yeah, I'm complaining about the characterization of Cobra Kai, but I really do love this episode just for all of the fights. I love that each kid that you've been following throughout the show gets you get their to, moments. Yeah. You know, what was your favorite fight? Um, I actually really liked the um, Hawk versus Robbie fight. Because oh, yeah? I think it had a lot of drama. It was very short. So um, why don't we go in order? Because I want to I talk about all of them. Uh, all right. I, I have a question, though. Who did you think would win out of Hawk, Robbie, Miguel, and Xander? Because like, those are the four, right? The four main fights that we're seeing so, in I, various combinations. It would be really fun if Hawk or Xander had won. Because, again, it would have been against the rules of storytelling. But it would have been kind of like... Well, subversive for just the sake of it. Never mind. But Hawk I wants it the most. Yeah, he does want it the most. He's very aggro. Xander but, uh, wants world peace. So yeah. that's karate is like a distant third priority. I, I like Xander quite a bit actually, just because he's like, you know, he's one of those douches who like when uh, they announce that he's like made the finals. He won the finals last year, FYI. He's like, he does like three flips, then grabs the microphone, and it's not a give a speech kind of moment, but he decides to give a little speech. And he starts out like, even though I love to fight, we all need to fight together against hatred. And he has a moment of silence uh, to end intolerance in our time. Yes. Just just the kind of like vague politician statement that you right. might expect from... Uh, and I, I love that Johnny... We all know Xander. We all know Xander. We all relate when Johnny whispers to Miguel to like... Punch him punch in the him face. Because he does need to be punched in the face. But I will also say that Xander is too beautiful for this world. He also has very similar hair to Robbie. And there can only be one, Nina. Yeah, Jesus. So that's why we don't they see Xander after They love hair this. like that. I don't know what's going on, but um, <laughs> impractical for karate, I would think. But okay. Yes. Um, so Xander fights um, Miguel. Right? I like that fight. Yeah, that's I think a really it's a good, very fight. good fight. They were really well matched. And you can also see that like Xander has a style that involves like a lot more flipping, a lot more acrobatics. It's not like it's really impressive looking. It doesn't always help him because like at one point Miguel kicks him when he's like at the top of an arc of a. So jump. now we know what Topanga karate can bring to the table. Yeah, I'd like to see them again. To karate. be honest, yeah. I think that they've got flair. Um, yeah, and like uh, I also I want to say that I really liked all the the preliminary round fights. Just, yeah. I don't know, because one, you got a chance to see Aisha fight, which you don't really in other cases. Yeah, and like, she ruined it by, like, being a sore loser, but she got, she beat at least one person. Right, she was good. Uh, she actually lost against Xander Stone, FYI. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so no shame in losing against the finalist, although she seems to, to be very aggravated by it. Um, I, yeah, so I like the, Zan- when it comes to the final fights, I liked Xander Miguel. I thought the Hawk and, Z- uh, when Hawk 
fights Robbie. I was just kind of like, Hawk, man, like, do not justify your, your kicking him in the back as like, oh, I wasn't going to be a pussy. It's like, now you're eliminated and Robbie's definitely going to the finals, you dumbass. Yeah. So, yeah, just... Did you, like, lose half your brain when you, like, got a mohawk? That was actually, I noted, the coaching from Daniel, who decides to, like, put aside his petty, uh, I don't know, petty grudge against Robbie, and he says, remember what you learned. Um, And Robbie, I guess, (laughs) is, like, activated by this. I don't know. I guess someone's getting some use out of Daniel's teachings. I was, like... It would piss me off if that's what... Remember what you learned. I was like, well, I may as well be unaffiliated, because that was useless. <laughs> I mean, I also, um, yeah, we both noted this last time, but um, at some point, <laughs> Anthony LaRusso is, like, now pro-Robbie. Because, like, Robbie gets in, like, a good blow, and Anthony's like, wow, that's cool. It's the only time you see Anthony really express... Uh, Anthony do anything except for eat or play games and... Or, like, make snarky comments. Make snarky comments. Yeah. So he's, he has this moment where he's impressed by karate and by Robbie. And then, and then, even rarer, you see Daniel turn to him and say something like, pretty good, right? And it's the first time I've seen Daniel look upon his blood kin... With that kind of affection. I know. I, I feel like there's an entire thesis to be written about attachment theory. And, like, <laughs> maybe Anthony as a baby was given, like, a wire hanger to cuddle. Right. Uh, I mean, he's so unloved. And I really do. Yeah. And you, you know, know those kids turn out to be sociopaths. I mean. You know, if Johnny had the presence of mind to do this, he would realize that the, how he feels that Daniel has stolen his son, he could do the same. I know. Except then he'd have to train Anthony and... Also, I'm not sure if Daniel would care. I told you, he doesn't want to take Anthony out into the woods and bond with him. No, he's like, God, he spends so much more time fathering Robbie. It's just kind of Also, you, at this point, we have one season, uh, and the only lesson we've gotten out of Daniel is balance. Balance is good. Balance in breathing. Yeah, definitely. Something you should be doing anyway. Um, Whereas I feel like Johnny has given us countless lessons. Life lessons. Life lessons, yeah, too. Um, so, yeah, next is the Robbie and Miguel match, the finals. So, yeah, I also noted that Robbie got into the finals on a technicality from an illegal kick from Hawk. Yes, he did. So I love the kind of symmetry, like all of these old All-Valley memories. I mean, I'm just thinking from a, <laughs> as a, th- from a therapist's point of view, you would think that, like, both Daniel and Johnny are, like, in full-on flashback mode. No, they're, they're probably, like, neither of them cognizant of what's going on. Yeah, they're on their backs being triggered by... Like, my God. Yeah. Um, I'll say about the Robbie and Miguel fight, which is obviously what everything has been leading towards. You know, there's a few things here. I mean, first of all, going back to my original point, can I start learning karate now and, like, a year from now be a champion? Because, yeah, it's been about, what, three months? Well, I know it's been a year for Robbie, or not Robbie, for Miguel, because they say that. You've been training for this all year. I feel like it's been six months for Robbie, and I'm just kind of like, surely some of these people have, like, been taking karate for, like, ten years, yeah? Like, Well, I think, so that's why, kind of mirroring Daniel's arc, like, Daniel kind of, like, bullshitted his way into the finals in the original movie, too. Like, I don't think, I don't think it was quite good enough. Uh, But at least you knew that Johnny Lawrence had been learning karate for more than a year, I think. That's true. Um, But aside from that, it's also interesting that, like, Although this is the way stories work, you knew they'd have to face each other in the final and all that, it's interesting to note that Robbie and Miguel do not really know each other. 
Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, had they spent more time building their relationship and maybe even building their rivalry, like, again, Sam is not the not the most compelling character and really not believable as the catalyst for all of this fury and rage, really mostly coming from Miguel. Like, Robbie... I mean, Robbie... Robbie's fairly calm, actually. Yeah, but to be fair, like, uh, one of the themes of the show is that, like... Robbie's whole arc is triggered. Like, he goes to join the Russo Auto Group because he sees his dad hug Miguel from afar. Yeah. And then, of course, like, Miguel goes through his downward spiral because he sees from afar, like, Robbie having dinner with the LaRussos. And it's just, like, one, really weird that, like, you can make these assumptions, like, watching something from about 30 feet away. But also, like, they seem to know of each other. And they have yeah. an idea about each other, and what, but, like, they don't yeah. know each other. And when Miguel says he's going to, like, basically destroy Robbie, and, you know, um, also we miss the scene where Robbie uh, is injured, and he's in the locker room, kind of, like, with a dislocated shoulder, and then Daniel, I think, maybe in his best moment? This is probably Daniel's in all, best moment. In the entire season comes in and actually gives him a good talk, not about karate, of course, but about his relationship with Johnny. No, it's it's actually very rational. It's very reasonable. He's basically just like, it's what, it's what you should say to a kid like Robbie, actually, that it's like, look, maybe I don't like your dad, but it has nothing to do with you. Like, you have to have your own relationship with him. He's still your father. He's not a monster. He's just a guy with some demons. Um, and I, I really like that. It is Daniel at his very best. Um, and then, like, I also like that when Robbie's like, I think my shoulder is like too injured to continue. You have a moment where you think that Daniel's going to pop it back in place. Then he just calls for a medic. And I'm like, this is Daniel at his most rational. That's yeah. Great. You know, um, it doesn't last that long, but it's it's it's, it's good. It's <laughs> right. Good but I think it gets him in the right headspace for that final fight with um, Miguel. Where I, did you feel like Miguel was the better fighter? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I did too. I think that honestly, he's been learning karate longer. I think that there. Okay, I will say this: as much as like I, we like to shit talk Robbie all the time, you may have gathered that. You may have gathered that we are not very unbiased when it comes to these these rivalries. I said some positive Robbie things like, in the last what? episode. I said he shouldn't have been thrown out by Daniel. by Daniel. All right. Well, okay. You're apparently a Robbie apologist, but okay. Why does you, that make me an apologist? Listeners, you know where I stand on this, but I'm going to give Robbie a... Sounds uh, like you're flip-flopping all over the place. Damn, right? Like, I'm a little bit like Xander Stone that way. Oh, God. Oh. Um, God. Robbie has a good moment in the fight, and it's really nice. They did build up to it. You know, like, a few episodes before when they're like, uh, Robbie and, jo- and Daniel are in the woods training, and Daniel talks about that one-handed, two-legged kick that he was never able to master. And then uh, in the previous episode, you see Robbie at the skateboard park balancing on one hand. And now in this episode, he's got one arm injured. Um, he's basically fighting with one arm. You're kind of like, okay, what, what are you going to do, one arm, Were Joe? you rooting for, for Robbie in this final I fight? Was, I was honestly like a little bit like, dude, like you, you can't use one arm. Just drop out of the fight. Like, come on. But he does get in a really good, like, one-handed kick, like, or one-handed, two-legged kick. So you're yeah. like, oh, cool. Like, you know, you spent I was watching Johnny's face during this entire fight because I was trying to figure out who he was actually rooting for in this fight. Um, and I don't know that I came out with any, like, hard conclusions. Because, you know, I maintain that uh, I don't think he really... 
I don't think he's super invested in his relationship with Robbie. I think he's conflicted about his duty to his son oh. because he I think gave he birth to him and abandoned him. him. Yeah, but I don't think he has the kind of pride and investment that he does in Miguel well, that he's he's had for the last year. Sure, yeah. I mean, he obviously, he, I, I would say he knows Miguel better at this point, but like... You know, there's the moment when, like, uh, Hawk kicks uh, Robbie in the back and then Johnny runs over to him concerned. And Robbie, who has not yet had this this balanced locker room talk from, from Daniel LaRusso, is just like, get away from me. And you see, like, his face. Like, he wishes he had a relationship with his son. He, um, so, I, I don't know. I think, like, you see, like, he's really torn. Really good acting from William Zabka. He, like, uh, you see, like, the moment when, spoiler, Miguel wins and, like, basically takes Robbie out by kicking him in his injured shoulder like you see oh yeah and it's it's pretty awful like he like kicks him in the shoulder and then his final move did I write that down yeah um yeah I don't know (laughs) it was just I like winced when I saw it yeah and and, you know before he does it he's like since Hey Lawrence I've I've seen his weakness at the shoulder I'm like yeah yeah kid he's fighting with one hand and also I think that Miguel would have one anyway even without having done that so it was completely unnecessary that's the thing it's like like i said i i think that they tried to make the cobra kai's all too evil too quickly and you're right like I, it's almost like you really do not need to go for his injured shoulder i mean because like he's fighting with one hand he got in one good cool like uh one hand two leg kick and way to go robbie but like that's kind of all he's got right yeah. now like this was unnecessary yeah and johnny has a crease flashback so crease is if everyone remembers uh johnny's sensei slash surrogate father um who broke his trophy and tried to kill him after he lost uh, the tournament yeah Daniel. pretty pretty extreme um and he has that flashback of crease uh while he's watching miguel um beat up robbie and it and I don't know, I love that because you think he's conflicted over uh, Cobra Kai, like, as a philosophy? Yeah, I think it's, it's this is the moment when he's just kind of like, uh, maybe I fucked oh, up. Oh, God, was Daniel right? Right, which is the worst moment anybody yeah, can Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, because it's like, uh, he has been, like, although he's, like, thought of Cobra Kai as something that's changed since Crease's day, like, he has been repping a lot of the philosophies about, like, well, no mercy, and I think this is the moment where he was he's like, no, this is actually pretty fucked up. Like, um, And again, really great acting from William Sabka. And obviously, let's face it, Johnny's character arc is the one that everybody's really here for. Well, that and Miguel. And yeah. like, so it's really great to see him come to this moment. Um, and yeah, Robbie yeah. loses. But like I said, I think he would have lost anyways. But Miguel loses his honor, I guess, in the process. Which is... Yeah, and actually, uh, we forgot to touch on... Um, Miguel tries to talk to Sam at some point during the tournament, during one of the breaks, to apologize. And uh, Sam is, I think, rightfully alarmed. I think she sees, like, something has shifted in him. Um, and she, like, she tells him she doesn't recognize him and and basically leaves and mm-hmm. doesn't even watch the final match. And so, like, after the match, when, like, Miguel's looking for her, she's gone. And it's... I like that because it's, a, it's this is my favorite word, it's a Pyrrhic victory for both Johnny and Miguel because it's like, well, Johnny has like, like he's won the tournament, but like obviously he feels awful about everything. And with Miguel, I think he honestly associated winning the tournament with winning Sam back. And it's just like, no, two things are unconnected. Sorry. 
There, there you go. And so I, I did like that moment quite a bit. Like I said, I think Darth Miguel was too much too soon, but I, I like that he has this moment where he's like overjoyed, but like it doesn't really matter because he has lost Sam for good. Um, can we talk about Sam for a second? Oh God, must we? Yeah. All right. So I hate, hate, hated that scene when uh, Aisha loses a match and like storms off, and then Sam follows her. To, like, give her some comfort. I just hated everything about I just it. want to salt the earth on this friendship. Let it go. We we all outgrow people in our lives. Some friendships are not meant to to last beyond space camp or whatever. Robot camp. Robot camp or whatever bonded yes! them. Yes! Whatever stupid camp bonded you, it's over. It's right. done. And Aisha's certainly moved on. I think Sam is just... What? I don't know, running out of friends at this point. And and it's it totally makes sense that Sam has no friends because she has no personality at this point. Oh. Um, I keep looking for it and I can't identify. Maybe astronomy and chocolate really was as far as it went. Maybe, because it's, it's interesting. It tells you nothing about a person and that is what Sam is to me. Just right. nothingness. Right, because her, even her like offering comfort to Aisha, it's like, oh, well, you know, you would have won if you had resorted to that sweep. And it's just like... Okay. Yeah, and they um, bond over kind of the power wedgie that um, Aisha gave uh, it's like Sam's former friend. Bond Yasmin. over violence or something. Yeah. Well, like I was honestly just like, and Sam apologizes. Not really, actually. She just says like, I shouldn't have started hanging out with Yasmin and Moon. And it's like, well, okay, you did, and they bullied your friend pretty mercilessly, and you kind of stood by and you watched it happen. I mean, if I was Aisha, I'd be like, thanks, we're cool, and just not like. Aisha, come on. Like, you're not friends anymore. Just yeah. don't, don't fucking put up with this, this bullshit. Like, now that she doesn't have any friends. Would you say the problem with all of these characters is that they live in the past too much and they can't let go? Nah. Wait, are you drawing a theme here? Is oh, that God. what you're doing? Maybe. I mean, I think my problem is that the Sam Aisha friendship, we have never seen it. So it's hard to, like, feel it really root for it coming together. We've only seen Sam basically standing by, like, was Aisha's bullied by her friends. Yeah. Or by Sam's friends. So it's just kind of like... Not a lot of good Sam memories. Not a lot of good Sam memories. And then, like, and then the fact that Sam is, like, and that Aisha, and that wedgie that Aisha gave Yasmin, oh, that was amazing. It's, like, actually, that was pretty disturbing to look at. And it's kind of weird that, like, Sam's, like, I don't recognize Miguel anymore, but I'm cool What with I envision that. is, like, if this show lasts, like, ten seasons, Sam falls in with a different click every season, and it's a different one. Like, seriously, season one, she's part of the nerd click. Season two is the popular click. Season three, it's the biker gang. Right. Season four, and, like, somehow <laughs> she's, like, a She's hanging champion. out with the teachers. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, because at the end of the episode, well, Aisha says at the end, like, you know, you should take a karate again. We could use another girl. She's so easily, she's very impressionable. Because so yeah. she goes home, she looks at a picture of her, she and her dad in, like, matching geese, and then you see her, like, execute, like, a spin kick and, like, a punch, and it's clear that she is going to get back into karate, and I'm just like, that's random. I mean, like, considering that, that you live with Daniel LaRusso, like, you'd think that... She'd already be doing karate. If I think, but also, uh, we've well established that karate is the path to friendship in this entire sh show. And all, oh, yeah. all these characters need friends. And I don't You're know. Right, I, I suppose, yeah. yeah. I, I, I guess it's not... I guess it's not that unusual, but maybe, like, you'd be kind of, like, put off with karate because your dad would stop like talking being, about it's it. It's like being now a smoker. Kinda, like, nine, out of your, nine out of ten of your friends are smoking. Chances are you'll probably take it up, too. Yeah, I suppose so. I also... And, again, this isn't my problem with Sam. Maybe it's just a general problem I have that, like, 
some of these kids have been doing karate for like six months and are suddenly amazing at it. And Sam, it appears that her last karate lesson was when she was seven years old. And, you know, but she's, of course, amazing at it instantly. Yeah. Well, all right, whatever. I mean, at this point, I do feel kind of churlish pointing out that, like, I don't think you, even Miguel, who I love, I don't think he would be at champion level within a year, but it's TV. Okay, fine. But also, for a while, Miguel was uh, Johnny's only student and was, like, I don't know. Getting like the kind undivided of, yeah. attention. Like, yeah, that's true. You yeah. know, I'll, I'll buy it with Miguel. Well, how far could you advance with private karate lessons? All right, you know what? Maybe. Yeah. Sure, and he's a natural, fine. And okay. as we said, uh, the reason Robbie is suddenly so good is like he took his lessons out of the dojo. He's gone off terrain. Oh, and that's actually true in that Robbie doesn't go to school, so maybe he just. Yeah, does hell this no. Full-time. And maybe he's not even really working at the dealership. No. I'm not sure what it takes to run an auto dealership. I think Amanda, now that we've lost Louie. I mean, Amanda and, like, one other employee are maybe running this business. Because Daniel sure isn't. And, oh, no. uh, in fact, so at the end of the episode, there's, like, a nice moment where Johnny says he's sorry to Robbie. And, you know, Robbie, who's newly mature, it, this is very nice, actually. I'm not even being, like, facetious about this. He says, it's okay, Dad. And it's this really nice, mature moment where he's, like, sort of come to terms with something. But he's also just, like... I might not have a, a relationship with you, Dad, but, like, it's okay. I'm not, like, holding this against you somehow. And then Daniel kind of, like, undoes his his moment of maturity in the locker room by being like, you got what you wanted, Johnny. You won. And it's like, yeah, okay. Um, I, I think at this point in the season, Johnny is ready to let go of his rivalry with Daniel. Like, I think, do you think if Cobra Kai had lost the tournament, he would be still be upset or, like, I don't know. I felt I like know. it was very. It was a very bittersweet victory of course, for him because, like, if Cobra Kai had lost, that would mean that his son won, right? And I yeah. think that there'd be some pride in that. So it's a win-win for Johnny, essentially, <laughs> or a lose-lose, actually, more like Maybe. it, because like, that would mean his surrogate son Miguel lost. You know, so yeah. Um, so Johnny, like, I think has come to the point where, like, you know, Miguel does win, but like, it's just not. Life continues to take a shit in his mouth. Right, right. It's a very hollow victory, and that like. His not only did his son lose, like it seems like his relationship with his son will never be what he wants it to be, and I maintain that he wants one. And also, and also, Miguel like sort of fought dirty to win, and Johnny feels personally responsible for that, and all that. So, anyways, Johnny like seems to be like going through an emotional moment that's like more than his rivalry with Daniel. But meanwhile, Daniel, who seemed like so mature in the locker room, like he's basically like. Well, I mean, Robbie says something like, well, Cobra Kai is going to take over the valley now. But Daniel's like, not if I can help it. Over my dead body. And then it turns out that he has secretly been building a dojo in his backyard. Because when the fight comes to you, you've got to be ready to fight back. So How basically, long do you think it takes to build a dojo? Like a while. Like six months or something. I think he just put up some screens... And he, maybe he just had it ready to go. I mean, we, he was like, waiting for this he, moment. He has a palace. And, like, it bothers... I mean, it shouldn't bother me, actually, because it's actually totally in keeping with the show and these characters who think karate is basically life and death, even when it's probably not that big a deal. That, but, like, you know, the idea that Daniel sees it as his moral mission to oppose the Cobra Kai dojo. And it's like, you know, actually, at its heart, Cobra Kai is, is not a philosophy... Or, like, an army. It's actually a business that Johnny yeah. runs. Daniel, you already have a business. It's an auto dealership. A business you're neglecting. Yeah. Like a son you're neglecting. Right. It's like, maybe you should, 
you know, work on that instead of starting a dojo in your backyard, which you don't, like, again, it's a business. You don't need to start another business on top of your business. Yeah. But, hey, okay, for Daniel, this is more than that. I'm guessing Amanda doesn't know that he's been (laughs) sitting there sinking. It's got to take some money to, like, build up a dojo in your backyard. I I guess Daniel's just never gone. He's hiding credit card bills from, like, Home Depot from her. Right. Um, She'd rather he was having an affair. I know. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So now we get to the final kind of scene where Johnny is, quite notably, not out celebrating the Cobra Kai win with his students or anything. He's just sitting quietly in in his darkened office. And I think that's something, like, really sad about that, where you think this, it was all building to the All-Valley Tournament and this win, but it was really more about his relationship with Miguel, where it's like, you know, like when Miguel had his like successful first date with um, at golf and stuff, and like Johnny was able to actually get Cobra Kai in the tournament, and that was like they were bonding over that. But it's like he's at the end of the season; he's theoretically gotten what he's wanted, but he's like all depressed. Mm-hmm. It's very affecting. And then a mysterious voice cuts through, and we see the silhouette of Crease against an orange sunset. Smoking a cigar. It was everything that I wanted from this appearance, frankly. Yeah, no, I mean, it could perfect. not have been done better. It is perfect. And, you know, he's he's got some very meta dialogue about how, like, you know, everybody closed the book on us. But the story hasn't ended. Oh, it's just beginning. And then, you know. I think they could have been, like, even hammier. I mean, this show is too well written to do that. But, like, during the All Valley, you could have, like maybe somewhere in the bleachers us. <laughs> we see a cigar um, we see a cigar and a trench coat and a figure watching right. calmly i love that i um, mean i'll say that this show is well written but it knows when to be hammy and it knows that this is the moment you know when crease yeah. turns do you think johnny is even surprised because he thought this guy was dead and i don't think he seems Crease keeps faking his own death, man. Um, I know. Eventually, it just gets to be like the boy who cried wolf. But Johnny's <laughs> like, sure, why not? <laughs> um, thus setting up season two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, how do you... Let's get some final thoughts on the season as a whole. Well, I think I told you this, like, the, the first time I watched um, season one, which is that, like, I loved it. I, I just thought it was, like, incredibly well done and that... You know, uh, we shit on Robbie, I know, but, like, characters like Johnny and Miguel and even Daniel are very complex and very well-drawn, and it's just great to follow them the entire season. I did feel like this last episode, um, it kind of, uh, it, it definitely paints, paints Johnny with more shades of gray, but kind of throws out that gray when it comes to characters like Miguel. But you know what? The second season um, does back, it backs away from Darth Miguel pretty quickly, which I, I think is good, because... Well, like like I said, while the kid's a good actor, it's a bit too much to expect a kid like Miguel to suddenly be an evil villain. A kid like Hawk, and you're almost like, yeah, no, I, I, I buy it. You you seem like you were waiting to Do you think there's any redemption that. for Hawk? Eh, probably somewhere. But somewhere? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yes. He's young still, but like you can tell that he's like... I think it would be a real challenge for the writers. Like, I love when they do that. It is very soapy in that, like, uh, they'll... they'll make somebody cartoonishly evil and then they will like drop little hints to like 
resuscitate the character or, or push them further into the edge. It's actually interesting with Hawk because we saw his beginning. Like, we, you know, we saw him as this, like, really sweet painfully shy kid who was bullied because of, like, his facial hair lip. And we saw him sort of, like, change the narrative and flip things around. And, like, we were really happy for him, actually. And, like, he's getting his Hawk tattoo. And it's funny. And it's, like, actually, like, oh, man, look at this, this kid, like, trying to be a badass. But then you see him, like, being this, like, and get, obviously it gets worse in season two when he's, like, an aggro sociopath, basically. And I think that, weirdly enough, it's like, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's a huge transformation. But unlike Miguel's, you're kind of like, yeah. I mean, he's kind of like one of those, like, well, basically we were, we were calling him, like, 90% incel or something like yeah. that in, in one episode. And it's like, yeah, he's basically somebody who has decided that he's a million miles from the person he used to be and views his prior self as like a loser nerd who needs to be extinguished you know and that's yeah i don't think miguel has that relationship with who he used to be because i think that miguel is ultimately still the same kid that he used to be just with like just with like a little more baggage than he had before if that makes sense yeah i don't know what did you think of the season as a whole um yeah i think uh similar to you i think the characterization of Miguel, the kind of like abrupt, I don't know, um, Darth Miguel as we <laughs> as we to call him, it really sort of cheapened the overall storyline. Um, but I think it's it was great for Johnny's characterization, and yeah. if we sort of see this whole show as kind of Johnny's narrative, Johnny taking back the narrative, like allowing. We get so many like his bittersweet reaction to Miguel winning. And Miguel's actions, I, I think it's worth it. Um, You're right, actually. Yeah. It cheapens Miguel's arc. But yeah, if Miguel had stayed, yeah, if Miguel had stayed grounded and like you know respectful, I don't know. Then it wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't be this moment where Johnny sees like his student fighting dirty and fighting without honor, and like it yeah. wouldn't have that kind of like impact where he was like, "That was me, and I do not want this kid to go down that path that I did." Yeah, and I think it also. Um, if this show is clearly like Johnny's narrative, I think it makes sense be, uh, in that Daniel doesn't show that much growth throughout the season. Um, I mean, apart from him gaining a student and giving some like kind of... He gets back into karate, but like it seems like he was never not into karate, so... Yeah, yeah. as a person, as yeah. showing maturity and making Oh, oh, I see, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, you know, not getting involved in real estate plots and trying to get your karate rival kicked out of right. a tournament. I mean, things and like he, that. And the show, I mean, I think he at one point he's like, well, now I'm not like about sinking my rival and getting balance back with the dojo. But yeah, no, I mean, ultimately that also turns out to be about his rivalry. So yeah, yeah, but definitely. And I think this is like a point to the show that like Daniel doesn't have much of an arc because Daniel's just kind of supposed to be Danieling it. Right. Like, yeah, and that's fine. It's Johnny who really shows that transformation. Yeah. I wonder if the show is going to go all the way in the other direction where, um, Daniel just keeps getting worse and worse. You want Darth Daniel? Is that what I you mean, want? Maybe, yeah. I think that would be interesting if it were done in a nuanced way. I think that where, would be like, interesting. Where, like, he's displaying traits that are kind of annoying and immature right now, but he's essentially good. But if they said, okay, this is what happens when you're, like, a little too self-indulgent with your karate obsession. <laughs> and, you know... A cautionary <laughs> tale. Leaning too you hard on your underdog status. And you haven't been an underdog for over 20 years. There's think, a new underdog in town. Right, actually, I think... It's your actual rival. The, this, uh, this season 
And I, I think it's, like, an interesting plot thread that they should go with. It's not like Daniel's, like, a bad person. He's clearly, like, a very nice person. But it's just, like, he sees himself as an underdog, even though he's not one anymore. And I like that the show is kind of aware of that and that it's like, you know, whenever you're in Daniel's house, you see classical music and like, and see that he's living like a really nice lifestyle. And it's just like, no, Daniel, you're not an underdog. You can reference New Jersey all you want, but you know, your house is, you haven't drank you haven't drank a Coors in your entire life. (laughs) He was always a martini man. Yeah. Inside. Inside. Definitely. Okay. So you're ranking for the episode, madame. I say three crane kicks to the face as Miguel puts down his first uh, rival in the preliminary rounds. Three. Wow. Surprisingly low. Um, Yeah, I'll give it four. Um, Just mostly because I really love... For what, Nina? Oh, okay. Four moments of silence against intolerance (laughs) a la Xander. All right, you win. Gotta give a shout out to Xander, uh, because I don't think we ever see him again. I don't think Topanga Karate ever makes an appearance, sadly. Um, Just because I'm here for Johnny, I'm here for Johnny's arc, and I don't think he's ever done a better job of, like, communicating his... I don't know, complexity and the sea of emotions churning inside of him. And also... Uh, it gets it gets the rating for the crease appearance. Um, you know, you didn't realize you want something until you see it. Um, and that's how I felt when I saw the silhouette of crease and I like... Did you I, squeal? I freaked out a little. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I understand that. It is a very, very good episode for Johnny's arc. And, you know, it, it's always nice to see crease silhouetted against the sunset smoking a cigar. <laughs> Maybe that is what I always wanted a little bit. Make that your screensaver, Lotha. I will. <laughs> okay. Closing out the season. Once again, because as I said, this is the second time recording this episode. Now, now. Better. Bigger. Bolder. Strike Wait. first. Strike hard. No mercy. Oh, shoot. Shit, <laughs> you left me hanging. <laughs> Alright, let's do that again. Do I even want to at come this on, point? Come on, come on, come on. Okay, strike first. Strike hard. No No mercy. mercy.